Welcome to Parallel Leaders. Every week, we come alongside you and focus on eight growth points to address the obstacles holding you back. Not only do you need to grow as a leader, but your team, your systems, your numbers, your finances, the expectations, the facilities, and your culture must grow. If you target and evaluate your organization, leadership, or department under the microscope of these eight growth points, you will optimize your effectiveness as a leader. And today's podcast is all about equipping you with the tools and conversations you need to move forward. So let's go. We've been through a bit of a season with resilience. And so a lot of these I want to pull out of 2019, 2020, the things that um, we really used at one of, I want to say, the hardest, most pressure-filled seasons of our life and kind of intros into ministry on another level and being able to share that with you. I want to start this off by recognizing like not all stress is bad and not everything that's hard is bad. If we don't have tension, we don't have growth. So that can be for ourselves in, in our life, but that can also be for our teams as well. It's important to recognize we're not going to be motivated all of the time. And sometimes we have to press into um, having resilience even more because we aren't motivated and we're not like excited to do everything. It can be hard. The definition of resilience, I I Googled it to make sure we're like right on track here. And the first one says the capacity to withstand or to recover quickly from difficulties. The second one said the the ability of substance or object to spring back into shape. So like elasticity. Um, We need to be able to have thick skin. We need to be able to be tough, but we also need to be able to change directions. We need to be able to bounce back. Um, One thing that I've learned about ministry is that it's great, but it's also hard. It's a blessing and it's great to be a part of the team, but it can also be a burden. Um, It can be a lot of fun, but there's also seasons or moments that aren't fun. And that's, that's kind of the reality of it. And then one thing that I've learned about being with Parallel is that we seize the opportunities. We take them on, we jump right in, we go for it, and we we go hard. And I'm so thankful that we have such a strong team um, because we couldn't do it without you guys. But some of those seasons um, when everybody's like, hey, we need to like go hard and like, let's go. And it's harvest season. And you're like, I'm tired. I don't want to. I'm not sure if I can. And you can start to question yourself. You can start to doubt yourself. And um, I think Pastor Jen mentioned, you know, like, um, the enemy can steal your memory, right? And so sometimes it can be really hard. So I want to share a few things that have stood out to me over the last couple of years to help us um, get resilient or stay resilient when we're going through the first, going through those hard seasons. The first one, number one is keep the mission in mind. Here's your bold mic drop moment. It all starts with the mission. Um, the mission that we have is the great commission and that's, that's good. That's important. But what I'm getting at here is actually the idea of keep your head in the game. Um, so much of resilience is mentality. It's, it really comes back to you and what you're doing, what you're thinking about. When we lose sight of what we're here for, it can quickly erode our drive that we have. Um, recently, um, Joel and I started a house party at our house. Um, we have 18 people coming out to our house on Monday nights, and it's been so fun to be able to, um, have everybody together, but also to hear testimonies, hear how they started their relationships with Jesus, why they started coming to parallel and why they stayed. 
Um, and it's amazing how, even though we were in a good place before that group started, just having that reminder of like, this is what we're here for. This is what it's about. This is what the win looks like. It's such an important thing for us to be able to remember. If we get our head out of the game, we're not going to be able to stay in the game very long. So keep the mission in mind. Number two is know your three up. So Pastor Jen talked about this a little bit, and I'm going to share about it too. And maybe God's trying to share something with you or speak something into your life. Um, but when you feel like you're in the trenches or going through something, you need to ask yourself, who am I going to be able to chat this through with? There needs to be people um, that are in the corner of you and your marriage and your family, but also your calling and what's going on. Not everybody that, that loves you and thinks highly of you is going to be the person to encourage you to keep going. Not everybody um, should have access to you in that way. I can probably Google somebody to agree with me if I'm ready to quit. I could probably even find a friend who could agree with me and talk me out of um, continuing in this calling, but that's not what we need when we want to be able to go the long haul. We need to find people that are in that corner of our family, in that corner of our calling that are going to call us higher, that are going to challenge us and hold us accountable and say, hey, you've kind of had a bad attitude about this for a while. Maybe you should like try another perspective or maybe you should go for a run. Um, Pastor Jen mentioned like three different people, a friend, a mentor, a pastor, like these are great ideas for saying like, do I have these people in my corner? I think for me, um, what's interesting is looking at this from the other perspective, we have people in our, in our church, in our leadership team or on our volunteer team, and they might get different levels of access, uh, to me based on what they've asked for. So there are some people on our team that have said, Hey, could you call me on my, on my crap? Could you call me to a higher standard? Could you speak into my life when you see that I'm kind of going off course and I'm going to be a lot more direct and coaching with them. Um, someone else, I'm still going to be honest if things come up, but I might, I might wait. I might just hold off a little bit. And it's important for us to realize like we need to also give permission for people to speak into our life. So you might have these three people and you might say, well, I have, I have this person, I have this person, I have Pastor Renee. But if Pastor Renee doesn't know that you're thinking of him in that way, he might not just be as blunt or straightforward with you. So making sure that your three know that they are part of your three is important so that they can be looking out, but also looking for opportunities to speak that into your life. Number three is know your personal why, or you could call this know your who why, which again is going to mess with your brain. That's why they put me last so I can keep you on your toes. Know your who, why. It doesn't even make sense. And still we start to explain it. Who are you doing this for? Who is it? I know for me, there are people that I've said, okay, if I could see this person come to know a relationship with Jesus, come into church, come and see life change, it would all be worth it. And knowing um, who those people are in our life is important. Now there's a catch to this because we can't do what we do for the praises of people. If we do what we do for the praises of people, we're always going to seek affirmation from people and people aren't who we do this for. But God has called us to go into the world and to make disciples. And I think it's good for us to know why we do this and on that personal level, who we do this for. 
So for an example, I shared this um, on Sunday, but I would love to see my stepmom come and start a relationship with Jesus. When I was 12 years old, she was like, I'm an atheist. I'm never going to church. I'm not doing it. And like invite by invite, I've been like, hey, come watch me preach for the first time. Hey, I'm in the Sunday school play. Come, come check this out. And she started to actually come into our building. And she's like, you know what? If this church was was where I lived, I would actually, I would consider coming. I'm like, you know what? That's that's huge progress. Someone else is um, like a former boss. Him and I have had so many conversations about having a relationship with God and is it relevant? And if he could come and come in the doors, that would be huge. And then the other one is a girl that's in our community and she is so full of joy and life and fun and bubbly and just has this way of speaking into people's life but she doesn't know Jesus yet. And I, I am celebrating already the day that she comes into our church and gets to know Jesus. And then the impact that she's going to be able to have because of the God given talents that are already in her life. So in the moments that I feel like, why am I even doing this? This is so hard. Why did we, why did we sacrifice this? Why did we give up our three family movie nights in a week? Why did we decide to do all of this? I try to remember those three people. And if you predefine who those people are and you can see their face and you can see their life, it's a whole lot harder to quit and to give up on them because there's, they're a real person. They're not just another person, but they're another, they're a person to you specifically. Number four is um, know what balls are rubber and what balls are glass. Okay. So, um, try as I may, I can't do all the things that I want to do at the same time with all the drive that I want to be able to do. For some reason, it just doesn't work. I can't have five babies and 10 dogs and run ministry. And what else did I want to do? I wanted, oh, I wanted to breed my dog. And, and Joel said, no, he's like, I'm drawing the line. This is too much. You can't do everything at the same time. Um, some things are going to have to drop. And with that, we need to know, okay, what balls are rubber and what balls are glass? And I'm kind of making a joke there about my dogs, but within your family, you need to know, okay, what are, what balls, if they drop, are going to break? What are going to be shattered? What are, what's going to be a big deal? And what balls, if they drop, are going to bounce? And it's going to be fine because we have those balls in both our family and our personal life and in our ministry life. And we need to be able to count the cost and know which one is which. Not everything is created equal, which is why we put so much emphasis on rhythms and making sure like, hey, there might be some seasons that you can do this, but you can't do this. And that's okay. You just need to know what balls are rubber and what balls are glass. Um, if you are talking with your spouse, you might say, hey, in our relationship, what do we want and what do we need? We're not always going to get everything that we want, but we do need to make sure we've prioritized everything that we need. If you have older kids, you might ask them the same thing. If I ask my kids that they're, they're little, they would say, we need you all the time and it wouldn't work. But maybe you have older kids to kind of have that conversation with and say, okay, how many family dinners do we need to have in a, in a week? How many do we want? Um, whatever that might look like for you. Number five is keep the water hot. When we pour out and pour out and pour out and problem solve and fight, and it just feels like hit after hit after hit, we can start to look at things with contempt. And contempt is like a silent, 
judging. It's like usually an internal voice where we start to ask ourselves like, well, why do I have to do this? Well, why did they ask me to do that? Why couldn't they just do it? Well, if I was in charge, I would do it this way. Well, if I, whatever it is, X, Y, Z, and this language, even though it's in your head is super dangerous because those thoughts aren't honoring thoughts, not to your team, not to your church, not to your leaders, not to your pastors, not to your calling. And when we have a dishonor, if we don't keep it in check, we're not going to be able to lead from a place of honor. And the opposite of honor isn't actually dishonor, it's division. And if we get division in, we're definitely not going to be able to have resilience. So if we back it up a little bit, we need to know, okay, how do we keep the water hot? And now you might be like looking at me and you're like, what does water have to do with anything that you're saying? I want you to picture if you have a bathtub and it starts to cool, the water gets more and more cool. And in the same way, um, when we lose honor, when we lose sight of the privileges it is to be a part of the team, the pool the, or the, the bath starts to get cold. And unless we actively do something to heat it up, it's just going to keep getting colder and colder and slide more and more. So when we catch ourselves in a place of having um, those contempt thoughts or maybe even dishonoring thoughts or division thoughts, we need to figure out, okay, how do I get the water hot again? Because if I want to be in a place of having resilience, I need to have honor for my calling, for my leaders, for this house, for this team. So I need to be able to keep this hot and change it. Number six is learn to discern what is life and what is a season. Pastor Tim mentioned the idea of um, counting the cost. They've counted the cost to what they're doing. And I think Pastor Jen mentioned something along these lines as well, um, when sometimes this is hard. I think that sometimes we become victims of our calling when we think that some things are seasons when they're actually just life and actually just the reality of what we do. Um, sometimes we think, hey, this is only gonna be hard for a season. Or I only have to train new volunteers for a short period of time. I only have to do X, Y, Z. But sometimes this just is what ministry is. There's always going to be people coming in the door, which means there's always going to be messes. There's always going to be somebody that says something insensitive. Um, there's always going to be a problem to solve. Hopefully not the exact same problem. Hopefully not the exact same person. Hopefully not the exact same issue because we still want to be able to grow. But I think we do ourselves a disservice when we say, oh, it's going to be better in two months and the ministry is going to be a breeze, right? So like, let's just make sure we're, we're having a healthy mindset of like, hey, this is our life. How do we make healthy rhythms within it? This is our life. So how, does, how do we do our date night with this? How do we do our life with this? And instead of like postponing joy or postponing what's healthy, figure out how do we do this in the process? Number seven ties into that where we say, hey, don't let seasons go on forever. If you know that this is a season, it needs to be a season. So be careful not to ask your family, for example, to hold something for a season and then let that season go on and on and on and on. You can work late nights, you know, trying to crush out a project or do something with excellence or you're preparing for Easter or Mother's Day and it's a season. But if you start doing that in June and July and August, when that's a season to like refill your cup and take your family time and, and create those memories, it's not going to work. 
We need to make sure that things that need to just be seasons stay as seasons. Number eight, you guys are going to love what this one, learn from giraffes. Learn from giraffes. All right, we're still awake and it's 828, you guys, this is good. Okay, giraffes are an incredible animal and they're not even my favorite animal, but I heard a speaker talk about this in 2019 and I loved it and it's resonated with me so much. Giraffes have a really, really long neck and they are very tall. They are the opposite of me, um, but giraffes have a high perspective. They look from a high perspective they eat from a high perspective. They watch from a high perspective. They only get low to have water and then they go right back up again. And so in ministry, we need to be thinking, okay, how am I thinking high? How am I feeding myself from a high place? Like if you're, if you're talking with, um, with people that, that aren't in the same place as you in ministry, and they're like, oh, I serve once a month. And you're like, man, I serve every week. And I can't remember the last time I had a Sunday off. If you're talking to those people, you're not going to have that high perspective. And they're not going to be the people that you want to go to for solutions or for advice. You want to be able to go to people who are in a similar place than you or farther along than you to say, hey, how are you doing this? How, how can I do this better? So giraffes, they think high, they eat high. Um, they look high and you want to know the cool thing about them. So this, this is so fantastic. You guys, when they eat the good stuff, they poop it out on the other side and life comes out of it. So your reminder here is take in good things, taking good things, because then what comes out of you will also be good and life giving to other people. None of you are going to think about giraffes or me the same way again. All right. Number nine is fight four, three things. We're going to change it up on you. A fight for fun, fight for time outside, outside of this. Um, you need moments of a break. You need to be able to laugh. You need to have moments where you don't have to think about things seriously. And in the thick of a hard, in the thick of a hard season, you might not be able to go do something fun every single night. Like there might be things that need your attention and need your focus. But when that season is done, we need to actually like mentally switch and say, hey, I can do this again. When Joel and I came out of a really hard season, I was like, OK, for this next season, I want like two date nights a week because we've we've backburnered things a little bit and we need to like bring some fun back into our life because that was a season. But that's not actually us. That's not the definition of us. That's not the definition of our family. And that's not the definition of our marriage our marriage. So making sure that you uh, take that time for fun. The second one is um, fight for growth spiritually. You need to make sure that you're worshiping the caller, not the calling. Sometimes we can get so focused on the task or what's going on in front of us that we can miss those moments with Jesus. And I want to just challenge you guys. If you look at your calendar in a week, you've got all your different jobs, you've got all your tasks and your meetings, if you have room for all of those things, but you haven't made room for the one who's called you to do them, we've got it backwards and we've got it wrong and we've got to change it around. And when you um, come into this, when you take that next step into leadership, you've got to make sure that you're prioritizing that because we can't model after Jesus if we're not taking the time to be with Jesus. We can't um, expect to have resilience 
if we haven't learned from the one who literally has modeled all of this for us. We have to take that time. And C, just to polish it off really nice, is all your other five Fs because we need to have those rhythms. They're important. Um, so you could call these like the first one would be fun and the second one would be faith. And I've just mixed up the order, which again is going to challenge all the OCD people on this. If you need the other ones, it's fitness, family, and finances. Prioritize those things. Fight for those things. Um, these are all important. All the five Fs are important. Finding those rhythms are important. I just found that I really struggled with the first two. In the hardest seasons, when there was so much to do and feeling like I just got to do all of these different things, making time for fun and making the time um, to grow spiritually and in my faith were the two that were hardest for me and that I had to fight for. Number 10 is be self-aware. Rest and a nap go a long way. Emotions are good, but leading from emotions isn't usually wise. Making sure that you are not hangry or overtired goes a long way in resilience. Um, and number 11, give yourself a tangible reminder. This might be as simple as filling out the leadership notes that we've given you, maybe putting them somewhere visible. Um, there are a few things that I've done in order to create a tangible reminder for myself. Um, one is I went and I got a tattoo and I put it where I could see it every single day. Um, I'm pretty sure if, if Pastor Kelly came back and we all had tattoos that inspired us to grow and be resilient, resilient he'd be very proud. So um, quote me or don't quote me on that, but I, I think that would be good. If you're not quite there, here are a couple other things. Um, one thing that I've done is I've taken sticky notes um, and put them in places in my house or my workspace where I might need a reminder. Um, another one that was mentioned already tonight was I am statements. Um, I had like a page of those at one point in my closet in that hardest season, going through them over and over and over again. If you can pre-declare how you're going to come out on the other side, fueled from a place where God has already promised this to you, you will be in a much better place to take that hit. So let me say that again, in case that was a bit of a mouthful. If you know how you're going to end things, the Bible says we are called to be strong. We are more than conquerors. We are capable. We can do all things through him who strengthens us. If we know those ahead of time before we get to a place where we're in a pressure moment or doing hard things, it's going to be a lot easier for our brain to remember than if we're in the moment and then being like, now what do I do and what do I say? So predetermining, hey, what are, what are these things that are important to me is huge. Um, Pastor Jen mentioned the idea that Larry Bry brought up the trophy case, having that visual reminder is so huge, making sure, you know, like what's reinforcing your why, what helps you stay, stay strong, making sure that it is visible and something that you can see regularly is so huge. Thank you for listening to the Parallel Leaders podcast. If you're looking for additional resources, tools, and conversations to move your organization forward, and capture the hearts of your community, check out ParallelLeaders.com. And make sure to subscribe to receive each new episode as it's released. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Parallel Leaders. We'll see you next time.